Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red Tell Me More button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Scott and Emily McKay joined me on the show and shared some great stories of how oftentimes following their yes is about finding their no. Well, Scott, Emily, it it would be so cool if you would help us illustrate, you know, how following your yes, or for that matter, not following your yes, can make a big difference in your life. And, and I'd love to start with, well, let's just start with a time when you did not follow your yes. So maybe at the time you, you didn't really realize you had one, you didn't know you had some internal guidance, but when you look back, you're going, okay, that was pretty clear and I paid no attention to it whatsoever. Tell us about that story. What happened? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, I'm a huge believer in what's now becoming a very trite saying. It's kind of the battle cry of a lot of people. And that's either it's a hell yes or it's a no. Yeah. You know. And I'll tell you, the reason why I've arrived at that conclusion independently of all buzzwords out there is because I have – this is going to sound so wacky. So I'm going to go ahead and, and explain after I throw this on the table. Don't worry. Okay. I have accomplished three life purposes already. Hmm. I think a lot of times people think you have one life purpose. You've got to find it and you've got to stick to it. 
But the question that I found at a relatively young age is what happens when you've done your best work at something? And it's now to the point where, you know, you really can't build on that or you're, you're just not passionate about building on that anymore. And I think where I've failed to listen to that voice in my heart two separate times is when, you know, it was time to leave. I still stuck around for another couple of years because mm-hmm. I remember the first time around I was helping at-risk kids out west and it was starting to become a bit of a vita loca for a guy, especially, you know, when I was starting to become a dad and things. Mm-hmm. And I was also getting into my late 20s and I wasn't relating to 17 and 18-year-olds quite as well as I used to. But I still kind of stuck it out two years, almost like an NBA player, you know, kind of bounces around to two more teams before they finally retire because they just don't want to be in the game. And it was because I didn't have anything else in mind to go to. And so finally I was forced (laughs) to go to something else. And someone said, well, why don't you go into the business world? And I started realizing that, wow, this is what I was born to do. I I was incredibly good at that and not to you know, go too far into it, but I ascended to basically the highest level sales position you can possibly achieve in the IT world. Hmm. I, I worked for one of the main IT networking equipment companies to one of their biggest customers in the world. So I worked on a team of people who were selling on a on a, a billion dollar number every year to this to this group. And of course in the early two thousands all of that fell apart. <laughs> And so everybody got laid off and I was one of them because I was in the forward thinking stuff department, not the backward thinking stuff department and they were (laughs) bailing out the lifeboat. Well, you know, that should have been my clue that once you ascend to the best job there is, it isn't going to get any better than that. And, and, you know, I, I went to another job that I thought was a little bit more humanitarian than that, a little startup, but I just wasn't psyched about it anymore. And I was growing more and more impatient with the fact that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just helping big businesses make a lot of money. I want to go back to my roots of helping people. And so after two years of staying in that business too long, I ended up starting X and Y Communications. And you know what's really interesting now is we've been doing dating and relationship business for so long, and I'm still as excited about it as ever. I've learned that you can kind of layer more on top of it. So now we have the travel blogging, and that's something we're passionate about. And we're starting to move into how to be a better man or a better woman in general, not just you know how to get someone significant into your life. And so now it's not so much walking away from what we're passionate about, but it's building on it. And so that's kind of been my journey. Nice. What about you, Emily? Um, mine has been listening to my gut feeling. You know, everyone has that little intuition that says something isn't right or something's going perfect. And, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with poisonous people in your life, you know, there's always that somebody who's trying to manipulate you and make you feel guilty, make you think that there's something wrong with you, that, you know, that things aren't going right in the relationship between you and them, whatever that relationship be in business, uh, with friendships, whatever that might be. And even with, you know, I'm going to roll it all together. It's going to sound weird. But even with restaurants, you know, your intuition, you walk in, you're like, you know, I don't think this is going to work out. And you sit down anyway. And uh, long story short, uh, I'll get back to the friendship part. Because I don't listen to those gut feelings, I've created rules. Uh, And a restaurant's a great example. You walk in, you have a bad feeling. Why do you have a bad feeling? 
And so now we can understand, okay, if it's lunchtime and nobody's there, there's a reason for it. If it's dinner time, there should be people and no one's there. There's a reason for it. So we have all these different rules that we created when it comes to traveling and going to restaurants and picking them out. Well, same thing with poisonous people. I've learned to find out what is it about them and how to identify them better to avoid them out of my life, both in my personal life, in business, when we do business partnerships, things of that nature. And it's been a huge improvement in our happiness and how things work for us. And so just listening to the gut, gut feeling and having the strength to, to say, okay, maybe I'm, you know, why am I excusing their bad behavior? Why am I, why am I ignoring uh, what seems to be common sense just because I feel guilty for doing what's right? Right. You know, both Emily and I are optimistic, generous people. So the fact that we found each other is great because now we have a wonderful relationship. But optimistic, generous people are also prime targets of narcissistic manipulators. Yeah. People who can't say no. So this whole idea of finding your yes was really like finding your no. Exactly. And so now we help others do the same thing as well. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Scott, because that oftentimes your yes shows up as a no. Absolutely. And it's funny because... Emily, your example of the restaurant, it's one I often encourage people like a playground to play in because it's not super high risk, right? It's like, okay, so why don't you just trust what's your guidance on that menu? Even if you're like, why do I want to eat the tuna salad? I never eat tuna salad. Something says eat tuna salad. And then you're like, either it was a good meal or it wasn't. But it wasn't like life-threatening, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> depends on what where you I wouldn't eat the tuna salad in Thailand. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess North if you're Korea. traveling, that's a little different story, isn't it? Right. <laughs> but it's making that space because a lot of us haven't paid much attention to that, that internal yes, that internal guidance. We just kind of dismiss it unless we can analyze it and get the data points behind it. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So do you guys have a story, either one of you or maybe both? Of a time when you you didn't really know why you were going to follow this yes, but you did it and it took you someplace amazing. Well, when it's the year 2005 and the movie Hitch, or I mean, you know, the movie Hitch is just coming out mm -hmm. and you want to be a dating coach, <laughs> it's amazing how few people believe that this is something that's actually been brewing in your mind for longer than the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And I remember I wrote my first newsletter like two weeks before Hitch came out. <laughs> and nobody thought it was a good idea for me to head my career in that direction. Hmm. Not a single person. I mean, you got to remember, I, I was doing really well in the IT sales department, gainfully, you know, even though... You know, like I said, I'd kind of lost my mojo about it because I wasn't so excited about it anymore. I knew I needed a change. I knew I didn't want to be a slave to an alarm clock anymore. I knew I didn't want to work for someone else. I knew I had to find a way to help other people, and I was really gung-ho over what I had discovered and what I had learned in terms of improving my relationships with women. And when Emily came along, you know, she, of course, was – I say this, of course, but, you know – we ended up being perfect for each other. But she was the one who really believed in this mm. with me. And, um, you know, it was interesting because there wasn't another person anywhere, even in my family, in, in, my, in my, you know, immediate family who thought it was a good idea. But it was something I was so passionate about. 
and 11 years later, here we are, and, you know, we we're doing pretty well on a global scale at it, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's very gratifying, and it's very fun, not only to be able to live the kind of life we want, but to get the emails from people saying, you know, you changed my life, you know, I'm, here's my beautiful wife, and it's all because of you, and, and, you know, it's rarely just because of us, but we still like getting the emails anyway, and, uh, it's just so much more gratifying to look back and go, hey, you know what? We made the right decision, even though it was crazy <laughs> to do it. Because of the passion, you know, we knew, we knew it was the right thing to do. Agreed. Nice. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> Emily, Emily drops the mic. <laughs> Emily, do you have one of those for you? Uh, not quite as big as his, but uh, I'd say for me, just overcoming different fears, and not just a fear, but we're talking about serious phobias, like uh, being in, in water where I can't see my feet, mm -hmm. and actually you know, diving the Great Barrier Reef, mm. uh, scuba diving. I, I, when I'm talking about phobia, I'm talking about to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm clawing and crawling. I mean, I can't get out of the water fast enough. And uh, because I want to see this Great Barrier Reef, I'm having to figure out how to overcome an immense amount of fear uh -huh. uh, that was an unnatural fear. I mean, I still have it. I've never been cured of it. But just overcoming those things and not letting anything stop me when I'm determined to make something happen. I would have been more afraid of holding that giant sea slug. You <laughs> well, remember the first time I got in the water... As soon as I was in the water and the, I couldn't see anything, I freaked out, panicked. I'm trying to get on the boat, and the guy, the guy on the boat was saying, excuse me, man, you can't come up this way. Oh, the hell I can't, and I was on that <laughs> boat. And I just threw her back in the water. But yeah. just, you know, and I'm so glad I did. And that's yeah. not the only thing in life. I mean, it, time and time again, things like that pop up, and I just, just will not let something stop me. Well, we had our kid at our first son, our our well, our only son together. Our first child we had was born at home, and you know your OBGYN fired you over it, you know, and you <laughs> knew that was your yes, and you stuck to it, and it turned yes. out to be a great idea. Exactly. You know, things like that have happened quite a long, quite a lot for us. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing those stories. Philippe Droulet joined me on the show to share a great insight about even when you miss your yes the first time, there's nothing that requires you to stay on that wayward path. You can always circle back and reconnect with your yes the next time. Philippe, I would so appreciate it if you would help us illustrate how following your yes can make a huge difference in your partnerships. And, and where I'm going to ask you to start is actually a time when you did not follow your yes. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had a yes. But then you look back and you're like, geez, that was so clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do, and I didn't do it. Tell us about that time. Yeah, so the, the, the particular story came a few weeks ago, and I, I told a full story in the, the full interview, but essentially I was at a time when I was feeling overwhelmed and knew I needed to have a conversation with my girlfriend about it. And my intention, my, my, my yes in that moment was to have just a, a quick conversation before I would say, hey, baby, I, I, we need to talk about this tomorrow. But I just want to say that so to make sure we talk about it tomorrow. Now, what ended up happening, I expressed that. But then we started talking about it. In the back of my mind, I was like, no, this is going way too much into the conversation. This is not the right time to have this. I'm tired. She's tired. And I knew that I should just kind of cut it and be like, hey, let's talk about it tomorrow. But I, I let it kind of keep going and keep going. And then it led to 
the wrong conclusion. The, the conversation went the wrong direction and, and led to kind of like a poor decision from us. And I didn't listen to the little voice that was telling me just just wrap it up for now and, and continue tomorrow. So that was a clear example of not following that little intuition that kind of made things a little bit more complicated. Yeah, and, and Philippe, it's such a great example because sometimes it's, it's as seemingly small as going, this isn't the right time for this conversation. And not from a place of I'm avoiding it, but I know that this is going to go sideways because of the circumstances. Like you said, we're both tired and you even noticed it midstream. And yet once that gets rolling, sometimes it's hard to go, wait, wait, wait. No, we just need to stop this. We need to do this when we're better rested or whatever the case may be. So thank you for sharing that example, because I think every single one of us has been there. <laughs> for sure. And I think it's that in those moments to, to use that masculine energy, which women can do as well. But just to be like, hey, like just hard stop. Let's finish this tomorrow and, and have that sort of leadership in the moment, which which I did not that one time. So you're forgiven. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thankfully, the, the second story I'll share with you is part two of this. So I did, I did, you know, make it up the next morning. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's flip this around. And I'll ask you to take us to a moment in time when you did have a really clear yes. And not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. What happened then? Yeah. So to continue our story, because it's, it's part two of what happened that first night led us to the wrong conclusion and Julie, my girlfriend, was was packing up and she was going to go spend a few days at her place with her mom and um, she was packing up and I was feeling, literally I was working on my computer and I was feeling off, like intuitively something was like, hey, there's, there's a disturbance in the force and then she came <laughs> up to be like, hey, we're, we're going to head out now and so clearly was distraught and in that moment, that my yes was to, hey, pause, let's go sit down and have a conversation about what, what we're doing right now. And I was in the middle of my work day. I had a bunch of stuff going on. Her car was already packed. There was a lot of momentum going into just letting things you know unfold like we had decided the night before. But I knew that we needed to like pause and, and go have the conversation, which I really wanted to have that I was trying to set up the night before and just say like, hey, what is it that you want in this situation? What do I want? What do we want? And then we talked it out. 15 minutes later, we had come to a much better conclusion than we did the night before. Nice. Unpacked her car and she stayed, she stayed with me and, and her mom stayed here and everything worked out tremendously well. So I think maybe the lesson here is that even if we do miss the metaphorical exit on the highway, there's another exit a mile later. Mm. And we can always take that one and, and do a little U-turn um, and we don't need to just keep on the highway because we missed the first exit. That's that's a great, great thing to remind us of, because I think we do kind of keep going, well, I missed that. Guess I'm screwed. And we just slide down the path. So, exactly. Philippe, how, how do you how do you discern between, you know, your yes, your internal guidance and your mind just trying to convince you of things? Whew, that's a big question. There's, um, hmm. well, I feel like through quite a bit of meditation, you know, and meditation is just sitting within ourselves with like all these nuance things and the thoughts and the feelings and the fears and all these things. And I think spending half an hour every morning just, just sitting with all this and, and making friends with all these different parts of myself has given me 
quite a level of, of understanding of what is what. Um, so I wish I had a kind of one second enlightenment tip for people listening at home. <laughs> uh, but hey, you're just gonna have to go meditate for five years every morning and maybe you'll get it. Um, no, I think the, the easiest way to, is just to notice in your body if it's for me, I feel it in sort of the third chakra, like the middle of my chest. If there's like just a sensation there, that's usually my intuition. And if it's something that's that's in my mind, that's turning in circles, that's my mind, mm-hmm. um, or if it's in my head rather. Mm-hmm. So any wisdom that feels like it's in my my solar plexus in my heart is my intuition. Anything that's just thoughts and the little voice in my head is my ego or my mind. So trying to discern that makes uh, makes a big difference yeah yeah no that's great thank you and thank you for sharing these stories <laughs> well you're welcome thanks for asking thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes and for you listening i invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest's name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview, You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.